the elephant in the pew. Elephant in the Pew podcast, where they engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. From the Elephant Portable Studio, here are your hosts, Stephen Whitten and Ryan Ramsey. He steered away from any talk of government, violence, any sort of, like, even right violence. Um, like we see Old Testament violence, God-justified violence. And they talked about the amount of martyrs that had occurred the prior year and I felt I felt myself I felt anger boiling inside of me welcome to the elephant in the pew podcast where we engage in the topics everybody wants to everyone wants to discuss but nobody wants to uh, talk about I'm Stephen Witten. <laughs> I'm Ryan Ramsey. Thanks I fumbled so much. a little bit. Thanks Sorry. so much for being here. Fumble on the offense. Uh, Five-yard penalty. No. I'm Ryan Ramsey. This show is brought to you by ElephantPew.com, your one-stop source for all of the content we talk about here on the show. Also, links to our personal podcasts and blogs. Check it out, ElephantPew.com. And uh, we enjoy that. So you can interact with us yeah. over there, too. You can comment or email or whatever you want to do at ElephantPew.com. Absolutely. So today um, is an interesting topic. Uh, yeah. We have, I have, been struggling with this for a little while. Um, and I thought, you know what, what better place to talk about it than with Steven on the show, right? Yeah, why not? I mean, let's do it. Let's do it. So um, this is the issue. Let me set up the scenario, okay? okay? So I'm in seminary, right? And I'm a, I would call myself a budding young pastor. Um, and so I'm... Very uh, moldable, influenced by teachings and, you know, taking it all in, trying to be open-minded about things. You know, don't want to know what God has for me. One thing, trend I notice among uh, young men and women my age getting ready for ministry is a tend tendency towards this thing that I thought only Amish people did, <laughs> the Mennonites, <laughs> called uh, pacifism. Uh-huh. Pacifism. So, um, you know, I like guns, and uh, I was a police officer. I say this every show. Why do I say this every show? I don't know. We all know that you were a police officer. I know. I'm trying to come. I'm trying to explain why. Uh, the whole idea of um, pacifism or um, not fighting for your life or not fighting for someone else's life seems ridiculous to me because I've already had to make up that choice where if I had to shoot somebody, I would shoot somebody. You know, um, so. For me, the decision's already been made, or I feel like it has been. So when I hear other people who are going in the same profession that I'm going into or doing having the same calling that I'm going to say that that's what they do and that they don't like guns and they don't have that because they're pacifists, I have a lot that runs through my mind. So that's why this topic came up today. That's how we got here. Yeah. Um, so uh, to start off, let's, let's start with a uh, definition of pacifism. Um, I feel like this is always a good place to start, um, especially you'll notice that here's a little behind the scenes uh, for the our listeners here. Um, whenever we start with a definition, it means that I've done some research. OK, <laughs> if we don't, it means that I did little to no in, um, research. So the uh, definition of pacifism is the belief that any violence, including war, is unjustifiable under any circumstance that, and that all disputes should be settled by peaceful means. Um, so in that definition, I am not a pacifist. Um, I tend to be more pacifistic if that if that's a word, I think I just created a word, um, but um, I don't. Um, I was not raised um, in a household that had handguns. We had like hunting uh, guns. We had like anything that we used to hunt animals for food was uh, justified, but not. Um, so that's my upbringing. Um, it's a little bit different. I don't. It's not that I'm against handguns or guns in general. I actually have a gun in my house, so I'm obviously not against guns. Um, loaded and, well, not loaded, uh, ready to uh, be fired if need be. But the, 
the uh, idea there, um, I've struggled with this myself, um, but I'm on the opposite end of Ryan. I struggle with the idea of um, uh, of violence, like w- of you know, of not a protection because I feel like I can protect myself. Um, I think everybody does feel like they can, and but the idea there is is like I have struggled with uh, the need to have a protection um, of my house. So like. Recently, I would say in the last uh, five years, I've thought more of it. Well, seven years, actually, because I was the minute I got married and my wife and I moved in uh, with each other, we uh, I started thinking of protection of the home, protecting my wife at all costs. So I think that kind of changes in your mind um, when you uh, start having more responsibility as an adult. So um, that's my background of pacifism. So. Uh, we'll go move on to the the first real question, um, which was, uh, did you have a first question or was that my job to have the first question? Because I have it here, but I didn't know if you, we wanted to go with yours first. Go ahead. I only have first responses. You have first responses. You have the first questions. I have first responses. Okay. So um, the question here is, um, does uh, is pacifism... Um, requirement um to be uh, of the church is it a church mandate of pacifism that's really the first question um and to tie into that question if it if it is or isn't where did certain sects of christianity get pacifism so that's kind of like the whole um shebang 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 is it a requirement? Okay. Wow. I definitely say my opinion is, and obviously I'm going to come at this from a side that says, because I'm not for pacifism, and I'm against it, actually. I'll just come out. I'll just I'll just go ahead and lay my strong cards out at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm on the fence on it. I, I, lean, I think I lean more towards the pacifism, and yeah. you lean more towards not pacif- pacifism. So it's a good... So... Um, I actually believe that pacifism, the whole idea of pacifism, is immoral. Um, I'll go as far as say that because it, did you say immoral? Immoral. Oh, because um, if you have the ability to stop someone from hurting another person, and you choose not to because you're against violence or whatever, um, you're going against Christ's teachings. Because um, Christ's teachings say that. Um, very, very clearly that Christ was for those who cannot defend themselves, for uh, taking care of um, widows and orphans, like we always talk about the least of these. And so, um, you know, we have to uh, remember that if somebody can't defend themselves, they're a least of these. If they're um, somebody, and you just sit there and say, well, I'm a pacifist, I can't really do anything to stop that guy from getting beat up or whatever. Um, because let's be honest, a violent, um, a violent person doing something is going to take violence to stop them most times because uh, that that's my and my rebuttal or my quick rebuttal of that is name a spot in the bible that jesus took violence as the the way to stop things because the definition of pacifism is that all things all disputes all things should be mm-hmm. settled by peaceful means and i would go so far as and on my thing is it should be settled on peaceful means if um, at all times, if possible. You know what I mean? If possible. So in Luke 3.14, you can turn there and look, um, Jesus is talking to some soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, we know this because it says, some soldiers also questioned him. <laughs> what should we do? Okay? Because they're asking, we're soldiers, you know? We have to be violent. <laughs> it's what we do. He said to them, don't take money from anyone by force or false accusation and be satisfied with your wages. Okay? So he's talking about basically ill behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's saying don't use your power for <coughs> sinful means. But notice that he doesn't say and stop being violent towards others. Don't use violence. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, you know, Jesus saying that and talking with him. Uh, okay. Uh, go ahead. What was your next point? So, 
that in itself, um, although he didn't say and and go ahead and be violent. He's not con- he's not condemning it either, or, or use force or whatever. However you want to define pacifism, um, he didn't say and be pacifist. You know, just take everything mm-hmm. with it. And then, um, and you know, of course, the example is always Jesus in the temple when he fashions the whip and uses violence um, mm-hmm. when he's angry. So he does use violence at least once. So um, uh, that would be my argument against that. I think. Um, yeah. Okay. And then my counter argument to that argument is I feel like um, bringing up what he didn't say doesn't really, I mean, like, it that that to me, that, that argument doesn't hold much weight for me. Like, Why? Because an argument is made in what people don't argue as well as what they do argue. Right, but there was nowhere in there that um, it was talking about. They weren't even asking about violence. They were actually, I mean, they were just saying, what do we do, right? He didn't, it wasn't really, I mean, it was probably about their jobs, but I'm assuming that, I mean, of the time, the soldiers were known to be um, uh, the people, they were like the high school bullies of that era, right? But they it says before that, in context, if you want me to go all the way back, yeah. back in nine, uh, it says, even now the axe is ready to strike the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So... <laughs> Sorry. So the crowd said, then what should we do? And he replied to them, the one who has two shirts must share with someone who has none, and the one who has food must do the same. Tax collectors also came about it and said, what should we do? He told them, don't collect any more taxes than what you've been authorized. Soldiers came to him and said, well, what should we do? They're talking about their lives in general. They're not yeah. They're not talking about uh, just money or whatever. Yeah, so, I get that. I'm so just if, he wa- if, he, if Jesus really wanted them to stop... Uh, Using but, but the argument, I'm, but the argument is, could also be said is, he said, "Don't take more money than you know. Be happy, be satisfied with your wages." Why did he say those words specifically? You know what I mean? Like the argument could be said was because people be, being content with your life. Don't because probably they were using their position as soldiers or some people soldier to force people to give them money. Yeah, I get that. So the soldier part, the the violent soldier part, he was saying, "Do what you got to do." be content with your wages but don't use that position to steal from people mm-hmm. so I'm, I mean there, it could be I'm not saying that I'm using it but I'm just saying that first specifically could be used say don't be violent to get to get your uh, to get extra wages but so be peaceful to get steal wages no, I don't think that's what Jesus is saying no he's saying not to steal wages at all I know but he and, he doesn't and then another counter argument to that is yes he Jesus did use violence in the temple but um he also stated, you know, um, not f- an eye for an eye, um, but to if someone's, you know, if you get slapped, turn the other cheek, walk an extra mile when forced to walk a mile. Okay. Well, I actually have an interesting quote from a, a desiringgod.org website. Okay. Um, and it says exactly to that. So part of the, I'm quoting now, part of the answer to this difficulty lies in the understanding, and it's addressing the issue eye for an eye, where people always make that argument. Difficulty lies in the understanding of hyperbolic nature of much of the Sermon on the Mount. I don't think that Jesus is telling us never to respond to evil with force, such as in self-defense, or always to literally turn the other cheek when we are slapped any more than his commandment later in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6.6 means that we should only pray when we are completely alone. Or his command in 5.29 means that some should literally gouge out their eyes. Jesus himself drove the thieves away from the temple with a whip, John 2.15. And Paul, at times, insisted on his rights as a Roman citizen, Acts 25.11. Also, the interesting instance in 16.35-40. Jesus is using hyperbole, 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 uh, to (laughs) illustrate what our primary disposition and attitude should be, not to say that we should literally just give in to every attempt to do evil against us. So that would, and I agree with that, his position on that. So, yeah, our general attitude should be um, peace. We should desire peace. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes, because of um, a deliberate man who is has one thing on his mind, and that's to harm you or somebody else, there's no, there's only one way to stop it, 
So either you let the evil happen or you stop it. It's one thing if somebody talks bad about you and you turn the other cheek. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Some, I if mean, somebody slanders you, you know, things like that, turn the other cheek. But if somebody is, if there is, you know, and I know people, these people don't like examples because they don't like the argument. But if there was somebody on a playground marching towards a little girl and you knew they met that little girl harm, what would you do? Yeah. Would I, you say, I hey, see. hey, you, you stop it. And when he didn't, would you go grab him? Well, you're starting to be violent. And then when he swings at you, would you take him down? Yeah, I would. You probably would too. Well, okay, yes. So I'm just, I'm again, I'm, I'm arguing. And so the question is, here. the question is this. I guess for you ask yourself, but what I believe, I believe that the response of doing nothing in situations like that is immoral as believers, because I don't think Jesus would do that. Yeah, I I agree. I I have. Um, personally witnessed, or, you know, I've, n- I'm not going to say never, because in, when I was in high school, I was a, a rowdy kid, but, um, in times since, uh, my grad, since the graduation of high school, just me standing up to, uh, um, you know, like an act of violence occurring in me, I do, I do address it, and by all means, peacefully, um, just my presence has stopped, yeah, and the that, act of happening. That right? works. A, that works a lot of the times. Yeah, most of the time, I would say it works. Um, there's one, you know, very slim um, percentage where I would have to take physical force. And um, I would say that depends on what part of the population you belong to. Well, absolutely. I'm so saying. I'm saying from my personal experience, from your very experience, small yeah. pers- uh, it's very small percentage. Because usually the people you're around are, are pretty uh, level-headed, mostly yeah. right-minded. But think about police officers and soldiers. Absolutely. Now, that's think about now pe- we're talking into a different thing because see, I, as um, wait, 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 Because how I can th- you? How can how can the rules of pacifism be different for police well, officers beca- and soldiers than for because aren't they Christians too? Isn't the question isn't the question about pacifism in the church? Said, yeah, but what I'm saying you're you're bringing into a different thing. You're saying you're stating a job just like okay. Jesus so what said. about what about people who grew up in the hood? Because they're a different whole mindset. You know what I mean? Uh huh. So, not exactly where you grew up, as far as absolutely not. So, no. I mean, most of the people around you are level-headed. They don't come from that culture of violence. What if you lived in that culture of violence and it wasn't your job? Again, I think that more often than not, nonviolence should prevail if possible. Right. Yeah, but that's not the question. Pacifism is nonviolence, no matter what. Okay. Right? Isn't that what the definition was? Under any circumstances. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. So. That's what I said. I'm not a pacifist by that definition. Okay. I'm I'm more of a, what what they would call a peacemaker, right? I would try to make it peace right. to the best of my ability. But the people that I talk to, that then the question is, is that people I talk to are like, you know, I'm not going to own a gun in my house. If somebody comes into my house, I'm just going to let them do what they need to do you know what i mean like they're not gonna fight them they're not gonna shoot them they're not you know what i mean like if somebody comes into my house in the middle of the night you're gonna get shot or get shot at (laughs) one or the other you know what i mean so like uh that's kind of the difference is i'm like well i don't understand it's a difficult question in my in my opinion because um especially when you add to this your wife is one thing however i get my wife's an adult she can protect herself you know what I you know what I mean. She can make those decisions herself, but once you start having kids, especially, it's like okay, they don't have a choice. They can't protect themselves. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. are called to be there. So I think that changes it too. So when I hear, um, when I talk to people about it, and ex- Christian men who have kids, and I'm like, so you're telling me that some guy running through the mall grabs your little girl and takes off running, but you're just gonna let it happen? You're not gonna grab that guy and just beat the living snot out of him once you get a hold of him. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying. I uh, I understand completely what you're saying. That's my that's my struggle. Yeah. I think it what it comes down to is uh we'll we'll wait for that. But my I was gonna say that statement, but I'll wait for a later time. Um you, what's your question? You have I know you have a question, didn't you? I only have answers, remember? You only have answers. 
Okay. This is well, a short episode, guys, because <laughs> I only have two questions. They're, not, they're too long questions. They're, they're, they're pretty long. So uh, this is another point I want to make, okay? Obviously, any point I make is going to be in favor of my side, so I apologize. Obviously. But, I mean, like, that's the thing is, like, you pu- put your question or your argument on your side, for your side, and I will question. Just I mean, I'm not – and that, at no means am I, like, questioning right. you or your argument. I'm just throwing out no, it's fine. questions. Um, so and anytime I encounter a situation like this, I ask myself, like, I'm not as interested in what church history has been. Um, more, my baseline is always like, what did Jesus say about this, if anything? Yeah, absolutely. And the problem with this is, um, Jesus didn't say much about it because um, everybody expected him to come and overthrow the government violently, even to be their savior. And so he steered away from any talk of government and, you know, like violent. You know what I mean, like. Any sort of like even right violence, um, mm-hmm. like we see Old Testament violence, God justified violence. Um, he steered away from that because he's like that will only distract them into thinking that I'm here to take my kingdom, you know, make it my kingdom, and that's I mean, not what I'm here to do. You okay. know what I mean? So I, I, he didn't talk about it intentionally. Um, I think that's one reason why he didn't talk about slavery um, a lot. And people are like, well, the Bible even endorses slavery. Jesus says slaves obey your masters, and yeah, it's a cultural thing. But two, I think he um, he was like, you know what? I'm not here for a political upheaval. I'm not here to change that. I'm here to save them from sin and death. You know, so that's yeah. I, well. And he was also he Jesus at the time. He was ministering to the Jews, right? I mean, that was his job. And so, like his position as a rabbi, mm-hmm. um, he he was above certain acts of violence already. I mean, like, he would be in this similar um, class structure, like, even, and and to the point of nonviolence, when rabbis and uh, Pharisees and everything would drag out people to stone, Jesus was there to stop it. Now, he used it as a, a teaching lesson, but he, I don't, I mean, granted, they were also going to kill her because they set her up. I mean, that, that's the whole, like, the um, prostitute when he was riding in the sand. So Jesus got involved in that even he though he stood up for the defenseless. Yes. So okay. Absolutely. So but no, he did no, so no non- support for my cause. But he did so non-violently, so. Yeah, it worked out that way that time. Yeah. So I There's really only one instance where Jesus used violence. All the other times I've heard him speak about violence was against violence mm-hmm. including when Peter uh, chopped off the Roman soldier's ear mm-hmm. and Jesus healed it immediately mm-hmm. you know like because they, he didn't want Peter to get killed well <laughs> I mean you can say that or you can say well you know now's not the time he did say that listen to this okay in John 1836 it says this is Jesus talking okay My kingdom is not of this world, said Jesus. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. As it is, my kingdom does not have its origin here. Okay? Okay. So, I think that's clear that his people, his servants, us, will fight eventually. Okay. Right? Because if it were his kingdom, then they would fight. Uh, what, what What was that? What passage was that? And that's John eighteen thirty six. He's talking to Pontius Pilate. Okay. Okay. And um, so he says, again, my kingdom is not of this world, first off. So this isn't my kingdom. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. As it is, my kingdom does not have its word in here. So, we're really, you know, his kingdom had not come yet on mm-hmm. earth. And we're praying for that. But now, it's interesting, because we are citizens of two kingdoms now. Yeah. His kingdom and this earthly kingdom. Definitely, yes. So, if we're citizens of his kingdom, I don't think that it's in this passage. I don't think this the idea of us never fighting is a biblical one. 
um, like this passivism, the definition of passivism, I don't think it's a biblical one because um, he says we will fight some. There will be a time when we fight. And you think about um, Revelation when he comes back. He doesn't come back with the handcuffs and paddy wagon to arrest everybody and send them to jail. No. He comes back riding on a horse with a sword. <laughs> and yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, that's so that's where I have a hard time accepting pacifism. There is part of me now on the other side of this. I'm making an argument for it for or against pacifism, but there is part of me that says the same things you're saying. So like if at all possible, in peacefully. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean and that's that's my person I'm throwing that in there because I'm trying I'm trying my hardest. It's hard for me to go straight pacifism so I'm trying to argue the point of pacifism mm-hmm. without actually believing it wholeheartedly right so like um that's why I throw those questions out at right. you and, and they're, they're good because and they're actually um I've asked myself these questions lately because um just my talks with friends I mean they're my friends too and so I I actually after talking to them you know I and getting the kind of debate and I get kind of heated and then after where I step away I'm thinking am I wrong you know what I mean like like I've really had to like pray about that and just kind of see, I, see the word and be like, "Am I wrong?" On this? Which I think Christians should do regularly. Yeah, absolutely. Issues. I agree that we should. I all think that's question. why that's why this show exists. That we, you know we need to regularly say, "Hey, am I wrong on this issue or this topic? Or are they wrong?" And and humbly you know go before God and say, "You know, straighten me out if I'm wrong on this," because I don't I don't want to be like if if God wants us all to be pacifists to that definition where we just lay down, you know, then then that's what I want. To your point, uh, not well. I guess to your point, a, a question against your point. I guess, and this is this is now coming from my perspective. Um, if pacifism is immoral, mm-hmm. then how can we as Christians stand or sit or do anything? That we in America, how can we sit here and do nothing about the persecution that is happening overseas? I'd it's a known fact that there are hundreds, maybe or not hundreds thousands of Christians that um, are being killed mm-hmm. overseas, especially in the Middle East, and yet Christians say over here, oh, well, we'll pray for them, right. and yet we do not take up arms and go over there. Yeah, that's a great I question. I mean, the, the reversal of that is, is, if pacifism truly is immoral, then we are all guilty of a pacifistic act by saying, well, we're not over there, so we can't help them out. But we are, we do have, don't tell me that as Christians in America, we don't have the resources to send over militias to the Middle East. Right? Yeah, I mean. I mean, we have enough power as evangelicals alone to pressure Congress into going to war during in 2001. So, let me see. Um, we have enough power to do that, but why don't we? That's and this is now coming from again from me. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a little angry about that situation over there, and I, I get angry um, when I was part of the Nazarene Church and I went to a um, a uh, district assembly. Um, you know, it's the yearly meeting for mm-hmm. the district, um, and they talked about the um, the amount of martyrs that had occurred the prior year. And I felt, I felt myself, I felt anger boiling inside of me. And it was, I know it was a righteous anger because I wasn't like saying anything not right. right. I was just like, then why aren't we doing anything about it? Why right. aren't we um, taking up arms to our brothers? Right. You know? So that's, I guess, that's a question is, uh, I have is I don't, it's much like cynicism. I have a hard time saying that pacifism is a sin by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that inaction can lead to sin because a sin of omission is um, is a real thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if you see something happening and you don't do anything to stop it, mm-hmm. then I think you are just as much to blame for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know that's why I do. I stand up. Now I do everything as peacefully as possible. I've never like got into a fight or anything I have calmly um told people that they need to settle down or um there was an incident uh 6 years ago 
where I was in a grocery store and I clearly saw a domestic um, situation happening where um, uh, the husband um, put his fist underneath his wife's chin and kind of like didn't punch her but like you know one of those like where they put it under your fi- un- under her chin and he just raised it up like forcefully so it was kind of like a like a punch mm-hmm. and I did approach the man and I said you can either walk away or um, deal with police officers <laughs> and I mean what am I going to do I'm not going to I'm not going to attack the man if he doesn't swing at me, right? So I just calmly said, mm-hmm. "This is wha- this is your choices right now. You can walk away." Now, unfortunately, like any other domestic violent thing, usually um, the woman went after him. But it was still. I stood up and I said, "What you did did not go unnoticed. If you do it again within this store, that I'm that I I will take action." But so I don't just stand by i have stepped in and i have Mm -hmm. settled a situation or tried to make peace um but i've never never turned to violence i've never had to most of the time like i said the present my presence alone diffuses at that moment now whether it happens afterwards i have no control over right so um going down that road of like um i've i try to do everything within my power Mm-hmm. Um, but why, why does the church, if, and again, this is just me questioning my view on pacifism as well, because I'm, I'm in your camp. I don't think that we can be mm-hmm. pacifists. Um, I think you have to look at, uh, the point too, that what's going on over there. Um, they're essentially being martyred, right? Yeah. So does that change our response? I mean, um. Because, you know, that's basically the greatest honor in the kingdom of God. Well, I get that. But then so it also comes to the point of, like... I'm talking about... When I talk about uh, protecting people who can't protect themselves, I'm talking about, like, maybe those those kids, maybe, over there in that situation that are getting killed. Because, you know what I mean? Um, they didn't make that choice. No, know? that's... And um, so, I don't know. That that would be a little bit different for me. Because in my in my in my world, pacifism doesn't mean like whenever I've talked about pacifism or had debates about pacifism it has nothing to do with um my personal life right like pacifism to me in the context of the debates that I've ever had was about war Mm -hmm. right should Christians or the church endorse or be okay with war Mm -hmm. and um war for war's sake no absolutely I mean we have to have there has to be some kind of but, justifiable but reason. how many Christians actually get to choose why they're going to war I mean m- most people going to war they don't get to make right they no, don't know if it's war sake no, but they're I'm ta- going I'm talking about told. the debates that I've had has been like the church proper like the church leaders do they endorse it or um you know uh what's the word I'm looking for Blet, not bless it but you know like are they okay with America going to war um and i've I've always come out of those debates is absolutely not we're not okay with going to war for war's sake, but uh for example, World War two the Holocaust was happening it was mm-hmm. definitely the everybody was aware of it mm-hmm. and so um you know uh Hennessy, who was a pacifist at that time was completely against World War II. He did not want, and he he preached anarchism because of World War II. Um, Which is interesting because Bonhoeffer then in Germany is preaching that Christians need to get involved in the war because all these Jews are being killed and eventually they're going to come for us. Yeah, and so that was, you know, absolutely. The church at that point should have been encouraging the soldiers. and And Bonhoeffer was even part of a strategy to assassinate Hitler. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like pacifism when it comes to war. Which, side note, sorry, this is where this conversation comes from because my first class in seminary, I got in a huge fight because we read a Bonhoeffer book and that subject came up. So was it right for Bonhoeffer to be involved in that assassination plot? And I was the only person in a class of about 25 people that said yes, that was okay. And everybody else said no. 
Anyways. In my in 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 that in that conversation, I would say that Bonhoeffer had ever absolutely every right and um, should have been in part of that um, because of the atrocities that were being dealt out by right. right. So there again, I'm not pacified because um, to me, violence, war, if there is justifiable means. Um, then yes, in my opinion, the church should be in not necessarily endorsing but encouraging those yeah um who make that decision to go to war um specific i mean we'll bring it back here like the whole Iraqi war mm-hmm. that we've um there was there there was a justifiable reason for us to enter into the war, mm-hmm. and they called it war on terrorism now that was an open ended thing. I don't think the church should have encouraged the war on terrorism, but mm. like an open war against the people who funded a terrorist attack on American soil. Right. right? Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of where I go. Like as the church, you say like those Christians are being um, slaughtered by ISIS. I say um, it's not our job to take away their martyrdom as the church. If that's what, if they stand as Christians and it's not our job to Russia and stop that. However, as Americans, I feel like anytime there's a genocide happening, when people are being slaughtered just because of their religion or because of their um, race or whatever, I think it's our job to step in and stop that from happening because we believe that, um, you know, there are certain inalienable rights no matter what country you're in. That that doesn't just apply to America. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the I mean, the U.N., yeah. Uh, United Nations took so, our Bill of Rights, the American Bill of Rights, and kind of right. universalized them. So I think um, there is, we need to, as a country, uh, jump into those things. Like the, the Christian genocide happening, like as a church, we're like, you know, that's their martyrdom. You know, I don't want to take that away from them. But as a country, I believe we should say, why in the world are we letting them just slaughter these people? You know, let's, you know. I the, My problem with the whole taking away martyrdom and everything it's one thing to be able to or to fight because if if they are fighting the cause, right? If they're fighting the cause for the gospel and they are protecting their families and they get killed and they're martyred, then I I respect that. But if they are just basically being slaughtered, um, there there is no f- there is no fight being taking place because they are unable to take you know to fight or protect themselves. Then well, I mean, but if you if you I've watched one of the videos of the the killing and. They just sit there and they're praying. You know what I mean? And they're willing to because at that point during the killing, like most of the killings, unfortunately, that I have been able, not able, but been, uh, I've been, I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them have already been captured, and they've been, they've been. Well, they could fight if they wanted to. At they that could point, stand up and fight. Well, most of them have been tied, and you can still stand up and fight. Yeah. You know, I mean, they I could guess. resist. You could fall down on the ground and roll around. I mean, you could do, you could run into the ocean and drown yourself on the one beach video. You know, but they don't. They they're doing it now. I agree. Once they're gone, they have kids at home or whatever. Yeah. Who's taking care of them? You know what I mean? Like the church should be. And so and that's that's not, that's the whole thing about the refugee crisis. Yeah. Um. I think it's a huge gap in our security, but we should still take care of those people. You know what I mean? Like, if there was a way to take care of them without causing a huge, like, hey, ISIS, go ahead and come in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that's the struggle for me. I'm all for letting them in and, you know, take care of them if they really just need protection from that. Yeah. Because um, I'm... Uh, well, I mean, no, it's unprecedented. Yeah. I'm, if we're going to get a little political here just for a few minutes to talk about the refugees, it's unprecedented that we would allow men, women, and children into refugee camps. Uh, unprecedented. Men and are women and children, absolutely. That the 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 stage has been set, and it's a precedent um, that we allow women and children to be in allowed into the country to be refugees. Yeah, it's the men who are fighting age who are able to take up arms oh. to fight for your country, right? Yeah, I, I agree mean, that, with that. That that's my that's my statement. Yeah, I agree with that. Let the women and, and children in because who and. Call me a sexist if you will, but I mean, unfor- unfortunately, um, those are the ones that men have been um, through society and through the Bible. 
we've been tasked, the men have been tasked to, to protect women and children. So to just allow any of the men who are able to fight. So maybe you're right. You maybe know. the church needs to do a better job of leading the cause of getting into those ISIS-dominated places and getting the Christian women and children out. Out. Or a way to protect I, them. Yeah. I'm, again, I wasn't meaning, like, take up arms and go over there and shoot people. I'm just saying, you know, um, that We're, leave that to the soldiers. The soldiers are supposed to do that. What I'm saying is, um, why isn't the church going over there? It's the Christian Missionary Alliance. You know, why? It's my denomination, except it's, like, some sort of, like, rogue squadron that goes <laughs> Right, in like a... Sp- uh, We're the Christian Missionary Alliance. Right. So, but I mean, like, why aren't why aren't Christian missionaries going over there in droves um, to get these Christian women and children out of harm's way? There's one thing of like giving them the opportunity to come out and they stay, but going over there and giving them the opportunity and they come with you. You know what I mean? Like, and seek um, refugee, yeah. refuge. Hey, there's the bell. Time for closing thoughts. Steven? All right. Well, this episode actually went way different than what I thought it was going to. I actually prepared for um, uh, violence in America. Um, so I'm going. my closing thoughts have to deal with that. I can tie it in, though. So this is how uh, um, what I'm going to – my closing thoughts are this, is that I am not a pacifist. By definition, I do not – um, agree that there uh, that violence is um, unjustifiable in any means. I believe that violence, unfortunately, sometimes has to be has to occur um, to protect those weaker than um, their assailant. Now, that being said, I also think that um, the news. And uh, the political parties that be um, have this tendency to um, inundate us with um, violence as a a fear factor in voting a certain way um, or uh, um, pushing certain agendas like gun control and um, uh, other merchandise things that – uh, could benefit said news state stations or um, uh, political parties. I want it to be known that uh, while we have seen an increase in violence, um, and especially violence here as, as of late um, towards police officers, this is by no means um, evidence enough to say that we, America, are a more violent country than we were 25 years ago. In fact, the numbers, according to the FBI and all uh, reporting uh, stations such as police stations um, and uh, uh, prosecutors and everything that um, our violent crime rate is down one third of what it was um, in 1991. We're right now, according to the numbers, we're like 3.9 violent crimes per 100,000 people. That's point zero 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 three nine percent um, of the people experience violent crimes. Those are astronomically low when you think about it. Um, now, it is terrible to be a part of a violent crime, so don't hear me say that it is um, not um, a bad thing. Absolutely, absolutely believe that any violent crime is terrible. But I just want it to be known that on Eleven in the Pew that we are not um, giving into this whole news media mentality of, oh, America is more violent than ever, when in fact 25 years ago we were America was one of the most violent countries in the world, and now we do have. I'm not going to say peace because there is unrest in our communities, but we are still more safe now than we have been in the last 25 to 30 years. Um, so I know that we didn't talk about this, and I'm, but I'm still going to say this. Um, so when certain people sit there and claim that they will bring back law and order, 
I want it to be. Like, I don't believe that any one person in this country can actually bring back law and order because one, that's impossible for one person to do that, and two, our law and order is still intact. Ninety. 99.9% of the people still abide by laws, especially pertaining to violent crimes. And it's just this point zero zero three, or 0.003% that don't abide by these laws. And to have faith in your police officers, because our police officers are doing doing their job. They are doing their job. If we If the police weren't doing their job, then we wouldn't have that low of a percentage um, across the board in all of America. Now, there are numbers. Those That's an average, right? Remember that. In the larger cities, they're going to have higher numbers, higher percentages, so it's an average over in America. But, but I just want it to be known. I don't want to be part of that fear-mongering that is happening in our news and political atmosphere that's saying that our police officers aren't doing their job and our crime rates are out and they're going to restore this order. Folks, we're still, we still have order. The police are doing their job. They're doing their job well. And we just need to, we, we just need to, uh, to remember that, that even though the news shows a lot of violence on TV, there's not that much considering everywhere else that, that you're not seeing on TV is peaceful. So that's my closing thoughts. I just, you know, pacifism is not necessarily the best way. I'm not going to sit here and claim that it's a sin. Just like cynicism is not a sin, but it can lead to sin if you be a strict. I, I Again, isms are not necessarily a good thing in our society, so don't be um, fooled into believing an ism wholeheartedly without questioning some aspects of it. So those are my closing thoughts. You can find me on stoneswillcry.com. I've started a new um, thing here. It's daily. It's called Good News. Oh, I forgot the name of mine. No, it's Good Juice, Good, good Views, and Good Juice. Good Views. Oh, you've good Juice, Good Views, and Good News. Yeah, I wrote it, and I came up with it, but I couldn't remember it there for a second. Um, it's a daily uh, devotional type thing where I take a scripture and I write a paragraph about my thoughts on it, and it comes out every day at 10 a.m. And um, then, you, of course, you can always find me on elephantpew.com and keep up to date with um, the show. Ryan? All right, I got a few closing thoughts. Um, first off, my overwhelming thought is that um, at all times we should um, pursue peace if at all possible. Same thing goes with police officers. Um, I know and I know military people as well. If there's a way to have a peaceful resolution they're going to find it. Um, or they're going to try and find it. Most police officers I know. But sometimes there's no other choice for the protection of others or yourself that um, violence does ensue. In that case um, it must. Um, so I think pacifism as defined is, is immoral, um, because there is no reason why if half, if you have to, that violence can be used to stop another violent person from harming an innocent person that can't defend themselves. So there's that. My, uh, great uncle was, um, a Mennonite and he wanted to fight in, Vietnam, uh, World War Two, World War Two, and uh, he actually got shunned from his church because he was unwilling to claim pacifism and not fight. Okay, so um, I think that he, along with a lot of other people, agree that pacifism overall, in general, is a an okay thing as far as the idea of always seeking peace and desiring peace, but any rational person knows that sometimes peace um, through nonviolence is not an option. Um, so, that being said, our overarching goal should always be love your enemies, pray for those that persecute you, right? Um, I think about soldiers and, and, and pacifism overseas, and I think, um, you know, a soldier shouldn't hate or want, you know, enjoy killing the enemy, the individuals. But 
we are to submit to the authority that is above us. And um, a soldier is one representative of an institution fighting another representative of an institution in war. This whole war on terror has kind of jacked that whole thing up a little bit because, you know, you don't one's not dressed like a German and one's dressed like an American and you fight, you know. It's it's all weird now. Um, but we have to realize that um, God, um, when you're killing somebody in war, it's not murder, it's killing. And it's murder that's condemned. And that's when you kill with um, ill intent and not because... Um, because you've been, because it's a passion or out of passion or your own desire. Um, so those are kind of some of my thoughts. Like I said, I'm still developing them. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard for me to, uh, to nail down exactly what I think. I just know that sometimes nonviolence doesn't work. I wish it did, but sometimes it doesn't. I'm glad that, as Stephen said, most of the time it does, but I am um, also a realist and realize that sometimes there have to be other options so that's all for me you can find me on um, elephantpew.com obviously ryan at elephantpew.com you can also find me on our website shouting into the wild there's a link on elephantpew.com where i do a blog and a podcast so subscribe to that podcast and check out the blog um, there's an rss feed subscription so you can get it on your rss feed if people still do that kind of stuff rss feeds and um, check it out so uh, i think that is all for me steven uh, thank you so much for joining us this evening or morning. Whenever you listen to us, this is a podcast. We're so glad that you made us a part of your day. Again, if you find if you have any questions about us, go to elephantpew.com. There's an about button and um, both of our blogs. And until next time, God bless. Peace.